0: Offering, up, uh, offering off. Many of you have mailed your offering in, and I, I praise God for that. Somebody was sharing with me just the other day how uh, so many people uh, in their church just forget about uh, giving money and, and giving during these uh, different times, and I was just excited about sharing with them, not our people, that our people understand that the ministry uh, and the work of the church continues, even when they can't be here, and they so faithfully give, you so faithfully give. And I praise God for uh, for that. Uh, many of you are uh, talking about uh, sending messages in right now that you're having a hard time uh, hearing. Uh, I hope that's not the case. I hope that's being cleared up. But uh, part of the problem is I'm speaking into my computer, mic and it is uh, limiting the, uh, uh, the voice, but again, by next Sunday, we're hoping to have a new computer back there in the back, and you're going to be able to, uh, to hear uh, like normally. Well, this morning, I want to say to you, Maranatha, our Lord comes, and I really mean our Lord comes, and I pray this morning that everyone listening, everyone here, that you are ready. We definitely are living in exciting times. Uh, We're living in times of opportunity to share the truth of God's Word. Uh, I remind you that 2 Timothy 4.8 tells us that there is a crown of righteousness laid up for those who love His appearing. And with all the things that are going on today, I hope that just the thought that that Christ appearing is soon is causing you to be excited about heaven and all that God has prepared. So again, there's, there's a crown of righteousness laid up for all of those who love his appearing. First uh, Thessalonians 4.18, referring to the rapture, tells us that, that we're to comfort one another with those words concerning the rapture and our Lord's coming to catch this church uh, away, to rapture his church away. So that this morning, that is what I want to focus on, is us providing words of comfort as we think about uh, our, our Lord's uh, return. Uh, this morning, I want to continue with our teaching and with our study on uh, the two books of uh, Thessalonians, first and second Thessalonians. Uh, in light of all that is going on, I think it's a Appropriate to stay focused on these two books uh, for, the time, for the time being. Uh, we're, uh, we're to understand all that God has prepared for us, all that God has planned for us. And as we look at this, as we study this, we are to understand that as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, according to 1 Thessalonians 5, 4, that these days are not uh, to take us unaware. That we are not children of the darkness; we are children of the light. We are to recognize issues and things that are taking place in the world around us, and we are to understand that His coming is near. And I firmly believe that it, it that He is. Um, as you study the book of uh, First and, and Second Thessalonians, uh, we we want to identify Christ Jesus. Uh, in in these two books in our study years ago where we found Christ of the book we went from Genesis to Revelation pointing out identifying Christ uh, in the volume of the book and in 1st and 2nd Thessalonians he is the believers hope and frankly there is no hope outside of Christ he is the believers hope he was their hope there in Thessalonica, and he is our hope here in St. Louis. I know there's a lot of fear. I know there's a lot of uncertainty. I know there is a lot of confusion. But it is comforting to know that we dwell safely in Christ. We dwell dwell securely in our Lord Jesus. And how thankful I am for that this morning. Uh, As we study the return of Christ... As we whether it be his second coming or the rapture of the church which as members of the body of Christ that's what we're looking forward to. but as we study the doctrine of eschatology or the return of Christ, we need to understand that it is mentioned more times in the Word of God than any other doctrine. Any other doctrine this uh, is is this teaching is this study on, the coming of Christ, whether it be the rapture or the second coming. And it's significant, I believe, that we understand that his coming for the church, the body of Christ, is our blessed hope. The book of Titus calls it our, uh, our blessed hope. Every chapter, every chapter in First Thessalonians talks about the coming of the Lord, Folks, you need to understand there were similar conditions existed then when Paul wrote that. It was the first book he ever wrote, his first letter, his first epistle to that young church in Thessalonica. And as he wrote to, to those saints there, he wrote assuring them, teaching them about the coming of the Lord Jesus to rapture his church, to catch his church away. Um Frankly, I believe that what we see transpiring in the world today, happening in the world today, I think is an indication of just how close we are. But if it's not close, it's only because God's grace is more amazing than we ever thought, that his long-suffering, his patience, his willingness to save those to the uttermost continues. As we learned last week, and I think it's important that we Kind of review this real quick. Uh, as we learned last week, there are absolutely no prophecies that needs to be fulfilled before the rapture. All Old Testament prophets, prophecies, all the prophecies in the four Gospels relate to the second coming of Christ, not the rapture or the catching away of the church. All of the Old Testament prophecies concerning the second coming of Christ all the prophecies in the four gospels deal with the second coming of Christ. The, it has to do with the tribulation or the day of the Lord. The tribulation is called the day of the Lord or the time of Jacob's trouble. And it it's during that seven year period when God resumes his promise and prophesied dealings with the nation of Israel. When the prophecies concerning the second coming begin again, the church has been raptured out. We have taken up our position in the heavenlies. Matthew twenty four twenty one describes that tribulation period. Then shall be great tribulation, is not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. Daniel 12.1 tells us the exact same thing, that that seven-year period when the Antichrist ascends to world, uh, world domination along with a false prophet, it's the time when there will be a one-world government and it's established, when there will be a one-world religious system. It is during that time when there's going to be a worldwide identification system and people must be will be forced to take the mark of the beast it's during that period of time when God's wrath is poured out fully and all end time prophecies are related to this time period known as the tribulation but I have great news for you church body of Christ before that period begins we the body of Christ we have been caught up to meet the Lord in the air both books to the church in Thessalonica, teaches us that the body of Christ is not appointed to that time. But we will be raptured out, that we will be caught up to be with the Lord. As a matter of fact, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a departure first that departure is the rapture of the church some translations have has it uh, come a falling away first but that greek word there apostasia is departure and then that man of sin is to be revealed the son of perdition that is when uh, the the tribulation begins after the catching away, after the departure that the church, the body of Christ. However, however, if you see things lining up, if you see the stage being set for those prophecies to come to fruition, how much closer is the rapture for us? When you see the world talking about a global identification initiative, when they are suspending uh, national sovereignty, and talking about citizens of the world, when you see the unification of, of different religious systems, when you hear them talking about having a global currency, uh, getting away from a cashless society because cash uh, causes uh, disease and the handling of money, and let's just have a cashless society. Friends, that's going on. That is being talked about, not just in in a minor way, But these things are being discussed and planned and strategized this very moment. See, the bottom line is this, that we are not in the time of signs. People ask, are these the signs of the times? Well, yes, those are the signs of the times. But we, during this dispensation of grace, we are not in the time of the signs. The signs are reserved for the tribulation. But we are starting to witness the stage being set for the fulfillment of those items to come to pass. The bottom line is, you better get ready for that. And you get ready by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting him for salvation. Because believe me, you do not want to be left behind. Again, Matthew 24, 21 then shall be great tribulation as not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. You say, Pastor, you just talk about this all the time. And it is because I feel an urgency. I feel a need for us to be talking about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and letting it be known that our faith and trust is in Christ, that we are ready to stand before him. But so many of our loved ones and our friends aren't. And the urgency of sharing the truth of God's word is paramount to us. Uh, as I said earlier, that this book, uh, to Thessala, the Thessalonians, uh, is the first book written. It was written by Paul from Corinth. Uh, he was concerned. Uh, he had started that church on his second missionary journey. His first book to, to the people there uh, Emphasized the, the rapture, the coming, uh, the coming of Christ, and he wanted them to understand what was going to transpire. Uh, because the days were difficult, the times were difficult. They wanted to know, well, what about those who have died? Uh, what about those who've gone on? What is what's their status? And so Paul declared that. Uh, we, we need to understand that not all of the revelation of the mystery had been revealed at that point, that there was still much that the Lord was going to reveal to the apostle Paul concerning this present dispensation, concerning that mystery. Uh, The revelation of the mystery, it was still developing, not in the mind of God, but as Israel's rejection of the king became more and more evident in the land and outside the land, the more and more they would declare, they would not have this man to reign over us. The more that the mystery was revealed to the Apostle Paul, the Apostle to the Gentiles. And what we what we see as we study this, how that uh, God was showing His might, He was showing His power during those early times, so that the Apostle Paul had the same powers, the same authority as the. The twelve apostles had when it came to healing, uh, as he spoke the the truth, uh, the the revelation of the mystery came to him. I mean, you can imagine if if this man who had been persecuting the church, uh, the the kingdom believers, the kingdom church, all of a sudden came up with something as new as this revelation of the mystery, as this dispensation. Uh, that he was talking about, the dispensation of grace. They could have argued with him. They could have said, Paul, you are absolutely wrong. Go back to Tarsus. But the fact that, that what Paul was doing was equal to what the apostles were doing during that time and that the Gentile believers, they were experiencing the same gifts. They were experiencing the same power. They were understanding that this was God's uh, work. The gifts of the spirit were still active during that time. Uh, Paul talks about the fact that these sign gifts uh, to the unbelievers was going to to continue until that which is perfect is come. The healing was going on. uh, The gift of tongues, the gift of knowledge, the gift of prophecy, all of those were active Because especially the tongues, knowledge, and the prophecy, that is how the revelation of the mystery was getting out. They did not have the written word of God. But Paul tells us, he assures us, he makes sure that we understand that that revelation of the mystery came from the Lord Jesus Christ, that the revelation of this present dispensation, Christ in you Gentiles, the hope of glory, that revelation to Paul came in order to prove that God was doing something different among the Gentiles, but those sign gifts were going to cease once that which is perfect is come. And that is something, not someone. And that something that was going to bring about the conclusion of those sign gifts was the complete word of God. And when God's word was complete, uh, then those sign gifts uh, stopped. So uh, as we, we study this, we understand Paul's dealings. Uh, in, he wrote to the church in Thessalonica from Corinth. Uh, it's in Corinth, uh, and the church there that he writes to, explaining that, that information. That whether there be tongues, they're going to cease, knowledge, uh, prophecy, all are going to fail until that which is perfect is come. And then when that which is perfect, the word of God comes, then all of those Sign gifts are going to cease. Uh, we need to understand that God desires for us to walk by faith tonight uh, or today, not by sight. And during that time, while God was provoking Israel to jealousy, Romans eleven eleven says all of those type of things were happening with the Gentiles being saved because God desired to provoke Israel to jealousy. So that they would see the Gentiles experiencing what God had promised them. They would know that this was an indication that this was of God and he definitely was working in the Gentiles and that Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. But what we want to emphasize this morning, the key is believers understand that we have not been appointed to wrath, that We are not going to have to experience that tribulation period when I believe that those sign gifts and the the workings of the Holy Spirit, like he did in early Acts, is going to take place again. Understand that Paul had a very difficult time at the hand of the Jews there in Thessalonica. Uh, It was here in Thessalonica where the accusation was leveled that those that have turned the world upside down have come here also. Uh, may we take advantage of all that's going on and do that now. May the church, the body of Christ, witness and stand faithful as we share the truth of God's, of God's word. Uh, in, in Acts chapter 18, verse 11, writing to them f- from Corinth, uh, Paul d- uh, demonstrates his concern for those in Thessalonica. And he sends Timothy back. And Timothy comes back to, to Paul after he visits them in Thessalonica. And he talks uh, about how he is so blessed by the news that Timothy brings of this church in Thessalonica, that they were standing strong in the faith, that they were demonstrating God's love, that their hope was, uh, was strong. Yes, they were going through difficult times also. But boy, were they doing the things that God had called them to do. Their faith was strong. Their love was strong. Their hope was strong. And Paul reminds them that during these difficult times of God's expectations of holiness, that it is God who has sanctified us. He, it is God who has separated us uh, apart for his glory and for his will. And it's during this time that our lifestyle is so important that we be a testimony. It is crucial that we have a testimony to those unbelievers so they can see the hope that's within us, that they can understand all that God has has called us to be and do, and we're faithfully carrying that out. That uh, Understanding that there is an extremely hostile world out there. It is a dangerous world out there, but God calls us to be strong in the faith. He calls us to keep looking up. He calls us to love his appearing regardless of what's taking place all around us. As we search the, the scriptures, as we, we read more about what, what Paul was saying to this church in in Thessalonica, uh, in uh, 1 Thessalonians 1, 1.4, he talks about how there is no doubt that God was working in their lives, that there was ample evidence of how God was working in that church there. May that be true of us here today, that there is ample evidence of all that God is calling us to do and calling us to be as we reach out. Uh, verse 5 of 1 Thessalonians one talks about the fact that uh they understood the gospel that christ had died for their sins was buried and rose again they came out of idolatry but when they heard that glorious news when they heard the gospel the power of god into salvation they believed and they became those saints paul calls them his crown of rejoicing what a burden for the lost he has uh He was encouraging them to have that burden for the lost. He continued to teach. He continued to instruct this young church. Every chapter, every chapter in the book of uh, 1 Thessalonians mentions the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He indeed is the believer's hope. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1, well, I tell you what, let's go to First Thessalonians chapter 3. Start with verse 11. First Thessalonians 3.11. Now God himself and our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ direct our way into you. And the Lord make you to increase and abound and love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you, to the end that he may establish your heart's unblameable in holiness before god even our father at the coming of our lord jesus christ for all his saints chapter 4 verse 1 furthermore then we beseech you brethren and exhort you by the lord jesus that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please god so you would abound more and more see the As you're walking and pleasing God, the world is going to see that. The world can tell that there is something different about your hope. There is something different about your life. There is something different about you. And I believe fully they are going to ask what makes the difference in your life. And it's during these difficult times that you're going to have that opportunity to share. It's not what makes a difference. It is who That makes a difference. During that chapter, Paul wants to make sure they're not ignorant. Verse 13 in 1 Thessalonians 4, he says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. or positive, to means to be taken by force, to be plucked, to be pulled up, to be caught away. That is the rapture. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words what a precious God loving God that we have who desires for us to know that he's coming back for us there are some indications perilous times lo- men lovers of their own selves but he is coming back for the church the body of Christ first uh, Corinthians fifteen fifty one says behold I show you a mystery to see that that word mystery there is key because the second coming of Christ was not a mystery. That was prophesied. But here it indicates our mystery exit. And when I say our, I mean the church, the body of Christ. Just as this period of time in which we live was a mystery hid in God. From before the foundation of the world. This, this mystery that was revealed to Paul. Concerning this present dispensation, also has a mystery exit. Behold, I show you a mystery: we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That wasn't a mystery concerning the second coming. That was taught in the in the Old Testament, was taught in the Gospels. But in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For as this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? See, folks, we need to understand Right now, death does have a sting. The grave does have a victory. But it is at this catching away. It is at this rapture as those of us who are still alive at this moment, as we're being caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That is when we're going to be able to say, oh, death, where is thy sting? God's word is very clear that it's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment ecclesiastes says there's a time to be born and there's a time to die but see this revelation that was given to the apostle paul teaches us that there is that escape from death when we experience the rapture oh death where is thy sting oh grave where is thy victory the sting of death the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We are to comfort one another with these words. We are to express to one another that there is no fear. That the coming of Christ, he is our blessed hope. That event is our blessed hope. And the fact that it is our blessed hope indicates to us that there are going to be perilous times. There's a reason it's our blessed hope. That we're longing for that experience. That we're longing for that event. Because times are going to be difficult. There are going to be things taking place on earth that we're going to be glad to escape from. I firmly believe that that we are going to be looking to the Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, if the rapture is not close with all the different things that are happening, I say again, it only means that God's grace is greater than we ever thought as he continues to reach out with loving arms and loving hands to save you to the uttermost. He is so long-suffering, That it's God's will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That God is not willing that any should perish. And astonishingly, it means that we have more time to preach and share the truth of God's word. I hope this morning that you are ready for that catching away. I hope and pray that you are ready for the Lord's return. But until then, may we work faithfully May we witness faithfully. May we watch faithfully as all the things transpire here on earth. May they know that we are believers. May they know that we have been redeemed by how we live our lives, by the testimony, by the witness that we have. And next week we're going to be talking about 2 Thessalonians. And how that God's word is very clear. Again, we have not been appointed to wrath. And there's going to be that departure before the man of sin, before the beast, before the Antichrist uh, gets started. So we're going to be talking about that next week. We're going to be talking a little bit more about the day of the Lord, the tribulation period, and all the Old Testament prophecies related to that period of time. Well, I pray this morning God's riches, blessings on you. I pray that uh, you will be serving faithfully, that during this time you'll be taking advantage of every opportunity sh- to share the truth of God's word. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we come before you once again thanking you for loving us, thanking you for saving us. Father, how thankful we are that you're not only our creator and our sustainer, but you are our redeemer. And we praise your holy and most precious name. We love you today and we desire to serve you. Father, we pray that your word will go forth from church after church after church. That your word is not bound. And the church will be faithful to show that your word is not bound. As we share the truth of your amazing grace. Father, for those in our congregation who are sick, we pray your healing touch upon them. Father, for those who are having difficulty during these very trying times, Father, I just pray that you'll bring comfort to them. Father, that you will open the door of opportunity for them during this time. Father, we'll be serving faithfully. Father, we pray for those who, who have this, this virus Father, we pray that you will stop this virus in its tracks. Father, again, we pray that the doctors and the nurses and, and all of the professionals and the politicians and everyone around the world, when they see it come to such a screeching halt, they'll understand that it was you that brought it to end, that brought about its end. And Father, we will praise you. Now, Father, again, we thank you for that salvation we have in Christ. Father, we're thankful for that hope of eternal life, that assurance of eternal life that we have. And we pray all these things in Christ's holy and most precious name. And in the name of Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all, we pray. Amen.